We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Fay hitting with a solo recap of the Nets' loss to the Hornets, 129-128. The worst loss of the season so far. Just a bad performance and effort from this team. We're going to jump to that and plenty more. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. And with that said, you know, really poor effort defensively in this one. You're allowing the Charlotte Hornets to score 129 points, but... The Nets get a stop on the final possession, elect to not call the timeout. Spencer pushes the ball up court. Cam Johnson gets a wide open pull up three. No go, no offensive rebound, game. Now you can look at that and say, you know, Vaughn should have called the timeout and they should have looked for a two. You know, at the end of the day, they got a good shot, a wide open shot at the end of the game. You feel pretty good about arguably your best shooter taking that shot. It didn't go down. But the game is not lost on one possession. We're going to jump into why the game was lost on multiple levels today and really the first level is the effort in the first half of this game you know they were just coasting you know they just weren't really locked in defensively giving a team like charlotte who isn't good you know they're not talented as i mentioned they're missing some of their best players you're just giving them wide open threes and any nba player they get comfortable they can get hot and that's really what we saw in this game even when the nets tried to turn it up in the second half defensively charlotte was so comfortable especially a guy like terry rozier who can just really cook you know he hit tough shot after tough shot in that fourth quarter so really you lose, you know, the final, the score is going to say, you know, the game is lost in the fourth, but really the Nets lost this game early on when they allowed a bad team to gain confidence. And even, you know, some comments from Vaughn post game, you know, talking about the Hornets team, and this is via, via Lucas Kaplan, that all started some of those threes they made, they made them because they were comfortable. And that's Jock Vaughn on the Hornets late game shot making, also Jock Vaughn via Lucas. We did not have the standard we typically have, especially in that first half, and that set the tone. So, and I agree. You know, I think Vaughn's pretty spot on. We've talked about this a lot, especially during the superstar era of this Nets team, where they would just allow bad teams to get confident. And again, these are NBA players. You allow them to get confident. They're going to hit shots. And everything was just too easy. You know, the Nets never really made the Hornets uncomfortable, even though there was really one high level, not even high level, starting level NBA guard in this team. And it was Terry Rozier. You know, you look at the rest of the roster, you know, Gordon Hayward's a solid player, Miles Bridges, PJ Washington, they can handle a little bit, but no one who's really great, Ish Smith, you know, didn't do anything this game in the 12 minutes he played. You you would think they would force the ball 
out of Terry Rozier's hands a little bit and force someone else to create and make plays. And the Nets really never did that. They gave them easy switches. They gave them easy passes. You know, you look at a Hornets team that is not good, and the Nets only forced nine turnovers. And again, they're missing two of their you know top guards in LaMelo Ball and Brandon Miller. And it's just like there was never double teams. There was never congestion. There wasn't just enough from this Nets team defensively. And a game where really, you know, they could have probably put the Hornets to bed in the third quarter if they played to you know their highest level and effort level like we've seen 80% of the season. You know this could have probably been a blowout win, and we would have been celebrating the return of Cam Thomas. Instead, you know you almost forget about it because you know the Nets lost this game, but Cam was back in this one. He did not play in the final stretch, and via Jacques Vaughn, that was a minutes restriction, which you could look at one of two ways. You know why didn't you manage the minutes so Cam was playing down the stretch? Or, you know, why not even, you know, call a timeout on that last possession and get him in the game, given he was easily your best shot maker in this one. So it was great to still see Cam out there, and he kind of really picked off where he left off. You know, we were talking about it previously. He averaged 26 a game, dropped 26 tonight in 25 minutes, 11 of 21 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3, 2 of 3 from the free throw line, 2 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 block, 1 turnover. Just really good stuff offensively, what he can do. And and I even felt like some of these shots he was hitting tonight were a little tougher than what he was doing previously. And I think some of that also was the Nets offense wasn't really in great flow. And you could argue maybe that some of the, the lineups getting messed with and guys playing in different roles and trying to find a balance between, you know, scorers and ball handlers and shot makers and things along those lines. But still, you know, Cam gave the Nets a steady production of points. On really good efficiency. So obviously, you know, those minutes will go up. Cam will be back in the 30s and, you know, hopefully he continues to maintain this efficiency. And I thought overall, you know, he looked pretty healthy, probably a little bit gassed towards the end, but that's what to expect after being out a couple weeks with an injury. But really good from Cam Thomas. He did not start in this game. You know, you wonder if that's a thing moving forward or if that's just, you know, first game back. And, you know, it's been brought up on Twitter, you know, Cam Johnson, Nick Claxton, when they returned, they started. So maybe it is foreshadowing of something. I think Cam Thomas is too good to play off the bench and he's too productive for a team that doesn't have the skill set in which he has. And I think also looking at Cam, you know, you, you talk about NBA players and star players, you know, what's what are some things they do that are so unique and set them apart from the rest that allow them to do something or or make up for maybe a shortcoming. And you look at Cam obviously not necessarily the most athletic guy, not great length or anything along those lines, but his ability to shoot at ridiculous angles in the short and mid range kind of make up for some of his lack of athletic pop to play above the rim. So, you know, where you would typically see a super high efficiency for, you know, an athlete that can play above the rim, get to the free throw line in different ways. Obviously, Cam is very crafty, very skilled, can show the ball, use ball fakes, but also we've talked about it. His feet can be pointed in the completely wrong direction or he can be faced in the wrong direction and rise up and contort his body so his shoulders are facing the rim and knock down a shot and it's not just you know a swoosh and easy wide open one we're talking about off the glass at ridiculous angles and we saw a little bit of that tonight and i i think you know watching cam for so long watching the nba i think that's one of his really unique skills that helps set him apart from other guys at his skill level and obviously we have to see in a bigger sample size how efficient those shots are how productive they are but as kind of a go-to move to get open in a tough situation now that might be one of his you know star plays so something to keep an eye on for the rest of the year for cam and kind of as his career kind of furthers we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Now getting to uh, some of the other Nets quote-unquote star players. Mikel Bridges in this one, 22 points, 9 of 22 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3, 2 of 3 from the field, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal, 2 turnovers. You know, it wasn't a great game, especially efficiency-wise for Mikel. You know, he missed some shots that he typically makes in this one. You do love the fact, though, he is grabbing boards, you know, nine boards in this one. I think he had 10 in the last one, four assists, a good number for him as well. But it's just, you you just leave this game probably wanting a little bit more. And I think defensively, you want the Nets to ride with Mikel trying to pressure Terry Rozier. And I think that's where they, they lost it a little bit. And, you know, I think Mikel's defense wasn't amazing either, but they gave him the switches. You know, you have Mikel Bridges on this team, utilize him. Obviously, Nick Claxton, a great player in his own right. But again, as I mentioned earlier in the show, this is a situation where Rozier is, you know, clearly their best player and he's on a heater. You want to make him uncomfortable, you know, blitz him, send the double teams, you know, fight through those plays, you know, just there's just a lot of different things the Nets could have done to make the Hornets uncomfortable. And that was the players. And also, I think that was the coaching. You know, I think Vaughn could have been more creative throughout this game as well. So overall, just not a great performance for a lot of guys. And I think defensively, it stuck out for everyone. Cam Johnson, as we mentioned, missed the final shot that would have won it for the Nets. Finished with 15 points, 6 of 18 from the field, 3 of 9 from 3, 6 rebounds, all offensive, 2 assists, 2 turnovers. Not a great game for Cam Johnson. I think he probably tried to do a little too much at times. And I think, again, that gets back to finding the right balance with all these ball handlers and scores and you know who's going to play in what role and how can everyone be so effective. I think one number that shows, like, yeah, the Nets scored 128 points and you can't complain, but it was almost they scored 128 points because the Hornets are so bad and they can beat them in so many one-on-one situations. The assist number in this game, 21 assists for 52 made field goals. You know, I think that could be... Not drastically higher, but you love to see higher, closer to you know the high twenties. And Cam Johnson's a guy over the previous five games probably has had averaged close to four or five assists, only two tonight. So again, not his best performance. Dorian Finney-Smith, fourteen points, five of seven from the field, four of six from three, six rebounds, one assist, two steals, one block, one turnover. DFS comes in and does his job every night, you know, and it's a plus when he's shooting hot from three, you know, four, six, 14 points. He'll take that every single time, you know, happy with the way he's played. No complaints for me on him 
in any way in this one. Also had a really, you know, you know, a couple really good defensive plays. He's probably one of the only guys in this team that defensively still brought it where you look at the rest. Even Claxton, I thought, wasn't consistently impactful on that end. That second half, I think he turned it up a little bit more, but he finished with 20 points, 9 of 13 from the field, 14 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks, 1 turnover, and was minus 7 this one. But I felt like Clax's first half versus second half was different, and he looked like that super impactful player in the second half, You know, especially offensively showcasing all those different things in which he can do. But again, you like to see overall the entire defense and guys play consistent through four quarters not this first half second half stuff especially against a bad team like the hornets over to spencer dinwiddie you know a weird quiet game from spencer nine nine points three of nine from the field one of six from three two of two from the free throw line four rebounds eight assists just not great in this one for spencer you know just not very impactful and he's a guy maybe he's trying to take a backseat a little bit i'm not sure what's going on as i said the vibe fell off really with you know, the sharing of the ball and, you know, the usage rate for everyone on this team. Over to Dayron Sharp, plus four in this one, four or five from the field, nine points, had five boards, two offensive, two steals. You know, Sharp, I think, in these matchups can do a little bit more, but obviously there's still always going to be his shortcomings with his, you know, defense at times. But I think the energy stuff he brings, you know, always sticks out. Trenton Watford, six points, three of five from the field, four rebounds, two assists. Um, I didn't think he was great. I didn't think he was bad. And over to finally Lonnie Walker, seven points, two of five from the field, two of four from three, two rebounds, one assist, one turnover. You know, he was a guy that felt, I don't want to say negatively impacted by Cam's return, but definitely impacted, especially look at his minutes. You know, only played about 14 in this one. Didn't really have the ball in his hands a ton. You know, four of his five shots were threes. So, you know, created for him for the most part. And, you know, it's going to be a a balancing act and finding the right lineups that can mesh together. You know, we've t- I've talked about this a lot over the course of the last couple of weeks. Like we've yet to see the team fully healthy, and a lot of these guys have not played all healthy at the same time. So the rotation, in my opinion, can still see not drastic changes, but definitely some substantial changes in terms of you know who works well with who and how to mess with you know the first line the first bunch and the first guys that come in that second unit you know all those different things and I think some of the substitution patterns are a little bit weird you know Nick Claxton's substitution pattern is a little strange at times in the fourth quarter he's starting the fourth then coming out and then closing the fourth and it looks like Whatever is going on with that, it's ending up kind of fatiguing Clax. He looked pretty gassed when he was subbed out late in that fourth quarter, I think around like the seven or six minute mark, you know, obviously regained some energy back for the late stretch. But I think, you know, messing with the minute allocation, the substitution pattern is going to be something interesting for this team and another task for Vaughn. And, you know, I don't think Vaughn was great tonight, but there's also plenty of reason that's lost and it had really nothing to do with the coaching. And, you know, getting to my Twitter feed, I put out a question, what was your biggest issue with the Nets play tonight? You know, getting through a couple of these, you know, net negative said effort. Yeah, that's correct. Reek said Cam Johnson was terrible. Yeah, we mentioned it. Cam, 6 of 18 from the field, missed that big shot. And I think, you know, at times tried to do maybe a little bit too much um, from hit and run. Cam not hitting that last shot. Um aces the defense was damn terrible you know as we've said it was pretty bad in this game uh looking at going down the list you know ed defense ben sharp defense was awful for both teams 
Uh, Matt Caruso, JV, he didn't call a timeout. You know, I think you could look at that from both ways, but I understand the complaint about that. Uh, G, Cameron Johnson, too many shots, mismanaging Cam Thomas's minutes. Why is Clax never playing 30-plus minutes? When, why did Mikel and CJ combine for 40 shots? You know, these, these are all, you know, good points, especially about what's going on with this team. So, uh, great Great input from you guys, and obviously we'll see how it all plays out. And I think there's good reason to be upset with this loss. You know, the Nets aren't an amazing team. They're not the most talented team in the NBA. They're not going to win a championship. And if they want to land a playoff spot, they're going to need to win matchups like this. And they've done it majority of the season, but these are the type of games that can come back and bite you. You're just not that you know good of a team where you can afford losses like this when late in the season you're going to be competing and hoping to land one of those you know top six seeds or even just maintain a good spot in the playing tournament. But you know, uh, again, this is only one game of 82. We'll see how it plays out the rest of the way. We did get a little bit of uh, reporting from Michael Scotto about what's going on with the Nets. In, and Scotto mentioned NBA executives across the league are monitoring Brooklyn's wings, including Dorian Finney-Smith and Royce O'Neal. You know, we've seen other teams previously have interest at draft time. There was a lot of quote-unquote hype around these guys. Uh, we know that the Nets will continue to value DFS pretty high. You know, in this article, it mentions the equivalent of two first-round picks. Uh, it mentions that Brooklyn's looking for a protected first-round pick for Royce O'Neal in a potential trade. Also, rival executives are monitoring Nets, Nets center Nick Claxton, but it seems like the Nets are committed to him and view him as a core player of this team. And other than that, there's not really much in this article, you know, kind of things we've talked about. There's also mention of Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, We'll see what happens with him. There will be interest around him in the league. You know, in this article also mentioned by an NBA executive, Dinwiddie can help a team and make big shots. You know, we know Spencer can do that. We talked about how he's fit into so many different lineups and play so many different roles. So it's going to be interesting how the Nets manage a trade deadline with a lot of attractive role players for, you know, contending teams. You know, will they look to move on from these guys? Will they look to compete? Uh, will it be somewhere in between? And in my opinion, that's probably the best way to go. You know, if you're not looking to retain a guy long term, you don't see him in your future plans. I think you have to be willing to move on. Obviously, you don't want to deplete your entire team because you want to remain somewhat competitive because I think that helps with development and building a culture and building an identity for the team, especially for some of the younger guys. But I think, you know, if the Nets are truly committed to Clax, obviously there's still a risk in maintaining him because he's an unrestricted free agent and could just decide to sign somewhere else, even if the money's the same. But really, you convey the message to Clax and Cam Thomas, you know, you're two of our, our core players and guys that we're really looking to build around and it seems they believe that in McKell and Cam Johnson too so other than those four guys I think anybody could truly be on the move this season but we'll see how it all plays out and again you know rough loss tonight big thanks everybody for listening and check the buzz on all stream platforms I'm Mark Chapman welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.